The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. everybody, welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. 18 days until the rise of Skywalker, and we are into the final month of 2019. Uh, the final the final month of the decade. And uh, again, just the, the final couple weeks until Rise of Skywalker. And guys, if, if, think of it this way. There's a couple of ways to think about this. So we're doing the great Star Wars rewatch. We finished up with Return of the Jedi tonight, if going week by week sequentially. We just finished up Return of the Jedi. That leaves Force Awakens and Last Jedi left. And then it's Rise of Skywalker time. That's one way to look at it. And the other way is just, you know, it, it, it's, it's 18 short days, which is distracted with Mando stuff. But, oh man, like I, I can't even think straight anymore. It's, it, things are happening so quickly, so often, that uh, I, I'm just... So excited. It's coming like a freight train. But uh, guys, how you doing? Carlos, welcome back from Mexico. How you doing, sir? Oh, man. I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> Not so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Not yeah, so good. I loved it, man. It was, it was, uh, it was a nice week away. And uh, uh, yeah, recharged the batteries. And now uh, it's the silly season. It's it, in, yeah, <laughs> in more ways than one. It's, it's the silly season. Uh, Corey, fresh from uh, from bringing a new life into the world. How you doing? Oh man, I'm doing amazing. It feels awesome to be back on the air with you guys. Like honestly, like I really missed it. Uh, I've had my hands full, man. Like I got a beautiful, happy baby boy. He's absolutely adorable. Like, super lucky. My girlfriend is such a champ. So I'm, I'm really, really lucky in that regard. So just been enjoying my time off, really, man. Like it's been pretty much what I thought it would be. You know, like uh, been there before and. So just helping out as much as I can and uh, a lot of cooking. That's been fun. A lot of Star Wars watching. Like I've seen every episode of The Mando at least three times. Like I get one watch in with my son, one with my girlfriend, and then one all by my lonesome every time. And we've also, my, my girlfriend's embarked on the Rebels rewatch with me. Oh, you started that up? Yeah, nice. she, she's like totally game. I mean, we're pretty much almost done season one now. Like, that's it. I, I just, I don't know. I've been gone. I think it was like two weeks and I just feel like so much has happened. So much has changed. There's been so much given to us. Like, it's incredible. Like, I just feel like I've missed out on so much. Like, I'm, I'm stoked to be able to, to get back on with you boys. Yeah, there's lots, so much to talk about. And there, there, there's actually too much to talk about. <laughs> yes. There's too much. <laughs> I, there's actually way too much to talk about. Uh, but I, I don't know how long this episode's going to go. Those of you listening, you just look down at your podcast catcher and see, oh, they talked for that long. Uh, right now, I have no idea how long this is going to take. Uh, so let's just plow right into it. I want to thank uh, Joe Hallows, first off, for becoming a powerful Jedi on Patreon. Much appreciated, sir. That powerful Jedi mushroom cloud at the top just continues to grow, and I'm super appreciative of that. So thank you so, so much. Uh, if anybody else, I never talk about Patreon up front. But uh, unless one of these types of things happen, but if you guys uh, out there 
want to support us, if you like what we do and want to get more of us, then uh, check us out on Patreon at uh, you know patreon.com slash tumbling saber. We had a couple of tiers. We've recently simplified what we what we're doing. And it's a two dollar tier and a five dollar tier. And then lots of lots of audio content that you can choose from. Um so yeah, check it out. Look, I just want I just want to say one one thing before we move on to the collecting update. I have to tell you guys one of the most beautiful things in my life ever was coming home from the hospital with my older son, who's seven years old now, the newborn, basically kind of getting everyone taken care of. Everybody's fed, everybody's comfortable, everybody's changed and all that, you know, everybody's settled down for the evening. And watching the Mando with both of them, with my newborn firmly secured in my right arm and my son nestled into my my left, just sitting down and watching the Mando for the first, well, it wasn't my first time, but their first time. It was, it was a beautiful thing, man. I got to agree, man. Like, uh, even with uh, with my boys, I, I always try to catch the episode as soon as it drops. And then uh, I watch it again with them. And part of the show, I'm just out turning, just looking at the side just to see what their reaction is to certain things and it's it's cool to share it with them yeah for sure and now it's like i mean i've always shared the star wars with my son nolan but now there is another you know so it's it's <laughs> awesome yeah it's it, i mean that, that is the best part is being able to do this like i'm we're doing the great star wars rewatch and every week we've on sunday night we have just gone to the basement put on the big screen and watched one of the star wars movies and it's been it's been awesome it's been really awesome to do, and I, I wonder what's going to happen in like three and a half short weeks from now, or less than that actually. What do we? What? What will we do? Like right now, we're we're kind of binging it, catching up. Does it fall off? Because we did the same thing with with the MCU. We watched basically every movie leading up to Endgame, and then once we caught Endgame, I don't know that we've watched more than one MCU movie since. Like, of course, we watched Far From Home, but I don't think we've watched anything else. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what will become of Star Wars. Maybe we'll do the the Rebels rewatch, or I'm due for a for a Clone Wars rewatch. So maybe that's yeah, where that's, I'll start. Yeah, that's what it is. For me, it's going to be the Clone Wars. It makes sense that. too with season seven coming in February, yep. I believe. At least the key arcs. It'll it'll make a lot of sense. But anyway, let's uh, let's jump right into the collecting updates. Corey, you've got a you've 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 collected a human being, so that's enough on its own. <laughs> Did you manage to add any plastic to the collection since then? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, boy. Like, I got a buttload of Funkos. I won't mention anyone other than Clark Griswold just because it's December 1st, and I'm really happy about that. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. Love it. Uh, the day I was actually – or the evening I was being called to the hospital for my son to be born, I was actually at an EB Games, and I found the, the Marvel Love Triangle 3-pack, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey. I wanted that so bad. I was, there was only one in the store. And anyway, I just pulled the trigger on that. Same day, I found the Clone Commander Fox, which we were talking about, which is pretty sweet figure. Love it. Uh, went and found the Wedge Antilles. Um, I don't know if I mentioned I got my Mace Windu in the mail from Amazon. Then on, I got I super lucked out on Saturday evening. I was giving a, a bottle to my son at like 1 a.m. And I was like, like I'm on Amazon. And I see that it was like there was two hours left in the Black Friday sale. And there was this three pack of Black Series droids that was, anyway, it's shot back up to 79 something now. And it was marked down to 22 bucks, man. I was like, (laughs) pulled the trigger at like 1 a.m. Like, uh. and I also finally received the, um, like Tim Truex was awesome enough to pick me up that Greedo and Slave Leia. 
So I got those in the mail. Uh, so sweet. Thank you so much, Tim. I really, really appreciate it. That was like, you know, way above and beyond, man. Like I really, really appreciate it. So is the family. And he also threw in some, some goodies for you two as well, which I had mentioned. Yeah. So, Tim hats off to Tim. What a, what a dude, what a good dude. Good pasta. Yeah, po- good, good podcast. A good dude. Yeah. Tim, Tim included uh, a vintage chewy, which you can never get enough chewy. And uh, Tim, Tim was of course kind enough to send that along. So Tim, thank you so much, my friend. Yeah. Thanks for the, uh, the force awakens uh, stormtrooper lego brick um that that was a promotional item and uh, he sent me a picture of that a couple of, i don't know probably a month ago and uh, sent it off uh, to Corey. so i should be getting that in the next 12 months <laughs> <laughs> you gotta come see Roger skywalker <laughs> that, no, that's a good that's a good joke that makes sense i get that reference <laughs> I'm definitely not mailing it to you. Oh, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. Uh, then it definitely wouldn't get there. No. Maybe I should send it through uh, your company. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, it's okay. Well, I'll, we'll, we'll hook up at one point. So, Carlos, anything in your collection? No, no, no. Uh, I uh, collected vitamin D. Good. And, uh, yeah, a couple of... Uh, a uh, bit of alcohol poisoning, and uh, other than that, well uh, then, yeah, <laughs> no, no, I'm say that uh, for Sith disturbers. <laughs> no, no, was three PO involved? No, but I am golden though. <laughs> uh, no, I got a really, really nice tan. I'll be honest, guys. I, I this vacation, uh, I, I've gone away uh, quite a few times, and. Um, you know, for a few spurts here and there. And I went to Europe uh, a few years ago and, but this was like the first uh, seven day uninterrupted uh, getaway in in 19 years for me. And it, it was really, really, it was fun. It was nice. Like I got to go to the beach a couple of days and a lot of days at the pool and uh, really soaked up that vitamin D and, came back refreshed and it's the silly season in star wars and it's the silly season at work i got a promotion at work and Woo-woo. um yeah and um i actually found out the day before i left on my vacation which was great and uh i started some you know another little creative venture and um i'm sure everybody noticed that uh i stopped uh, promoting the uh the carlos creates uh, patreon campaign uh, not because it's over, but because it's going to be revamped a little. And um, uh, I'm working on that behind the scenes. But um, yeah, just some fun, creative stuff. And I actually started doing stand-up. So I'm uh, going to be hitting the stage again this week. And uh, we're going to start having fun with uh, exclusive and, and um, uh, you know, some type of podcast behind a paywall so uh it should be fun very nice very cool uh mike i was i was ready to kind of call it quits for the year in terms of collecting like i always said that if i found a mando of any kind i'd pull the trigger but that hasn't happened i still have not found just the regular black series mando or carbonized even though i keep seeing guys out there in the facebook groups going got one got mine 
my my local Toys R Us just will not bring them in or they're being vacuumed out before I can even get there. It's been super frustrating. Hopefully Hasbro keeps producing them and they just end up available at some point because it's been annoying. But it hasn't been completely pointless because I did manage to get my hands on a heavy infantry Mando, which is what? a yeah, baby. I am the Black Series. Yeah, man. What? Oh, does that bother you? <laughs> Whatever. I got a Mando. <laughs> I'll trade you. I'll trade you straight up. You're Mando for heavy infantry. I'm considering it. I will definitely consider it. <laughs> I was just joking. I wouldn't do that. Anyway, Heavy Int- Infantry Mandalorian, otherwise known as Paz Vizsla, is now in my possession. It's an exclusive too, so it's a little bit pricier. It was it was a like thirty four yeah thirty four ninety nine. Where was there more? Hell no! Tell me, God damn it! No, no, just the one. I, I was actually surprised to find the one. It was just it was sort of just like was it in Valley Field? There's no Toys R Us out there. Oh, it's Toys R Us. Okay, <laughs> stay on the ride, Corey. Stay on the ride. Still. Damn it! No, he's out there. I saw again. I saw guys posting in the group that they had gotten one. It never. The thought never even entered my brain that maybe I'll find one. And then I was out there, and he was just. It was like the box was just kind of like tossed aside, as if it's been warming pegs for months. It was just like on the side, off in the corner. I was like, "What is this doing here? I'm gonna bring this home." Oh, you're such a. Ah, oh, Corey. I want that figure, damn it. It's too bad. It's too bad. I'll get him. Yeah, yes, of I'll course he will. he will. He will turn up. Anyway, so that That's is... Um, John Favreau, right? That is the voice of John Favreau. That's awesome. That makes... Because the first time I had watched it, I'm like, that sounds like pre-Vizsla. I'm like, what's going on? And then the end there with the salute, I was like, ooh, that's kind of cheese. And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, that was so Iron Man. Then I, I read up uh, uh, Fanta Tracks, I believe, reported that the whole they broke the story, and I was like, oh, "That makes so much sense." Yeah, it, it was immediately evident to me, even when they were in the uh, the Mando Enclave. Yeah, yeah and, the, and they had their little tussle. I was like, "That sounds like Johnny Favs." Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, a small but significant collecting update. We we got to get together and do something with. Uh, we got to we got to talk to Tim, the aforementioned Tim, and 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 take part in what they're doing with their uh, toy drive to help the, I can't remember. It's to help kids, which is good enough in any respect. So we're going to, we're going to reach out to Tim, see what we can do. And I encourage anybody else, uh, especially if you're in Canada, that, uh, uh, you know, help out, help out those who may not have the, uh, the holly jolliest of, of Christmases. Anyway, so let's, uh, let's park the part of the collecting updates for another week. We'll see what, what happens in the next seven days. But let's jump into this marketing blitz for Rise of Skywalker. It is in full effect. We've got the interviews and online and print. The talk show circuit that has started up. Uh, TV spots literally on a daily basis now, and, and more posters. And again, we don't we don't have time to unpack all this stuff this week, so we're just gonna go past this part, past this part. <laughs> um, but we, we did learn two very important things though, that earlier last week that I do want to touch on. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker is locked in and clocking in at 141 minutes, which was a, was a bit of a topic early last week. And of course, like I think we'll all agree, anybody listening to this wants more Star Wars. I wanted more. But ultimately, I want the best edit. 
right? Like I just want the the whatever they trust is the best presentation of the story. That's what I want. And if it's 141 minutes, I'm I'm good with it. And Corey, what are you, what are your thoughts? Are you okay with 141 or is are you kicking stones here? Page. Yeah, totally same page. Like I mean, definitely I would have liked to have like that two hour 45 kind of like minimum. But if I and like you said, any Star Wars is good Star Wars to me. Like I would enjoy it, but for some people it would maybe disrupt the flow that they have going in the film to add certain scenes, unfortunately. But uh, like you said, if it's the best edit, like let's go with that. There's no reason to chop anything if it's not relevant, I guess. But again, I would have liked to seen it. Yeah, we t- like we whenever we watch deleted scenes, we're like, oh, that should have been in. Put put that one back in. <laughs> yeah, like the last Jedi was pretty big on that. There's at least one or two scenes in the last Jedi that definitely should have been in the film. Uh, yeah, hard to agree, hard to disagree. But the, you know, the, again, the film's already two and a half hours, so it's like, what? What are you supposed to do anyway? Carlos, how are you feeling about one forty one? It's not enough. I'm not happy. <laughs> did Did you start your petition yet from the uh, Mexican seaside? Um, no, I wasn't able to. Uh, but uh, I don't know. <sighs> it's tough, man. Every time I think like, okay, yeah, they, they're going to do this this way. And then it's like, okay, well, I guess not. And then it's, I, I'm just, um, I'm afraid I'm going to be a big baby about stuff and I'm not going to be happy about what I'm getting. Um, you know, but at the same time, I guess if I have to be a balanced adult about it, I'm going to say, yeah, give me a better edit. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because when 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 the when they announced the tickets, and we saw two thirty five, the thing that came to my mind right away was it's gonna it it's gonna be less, like two thirty five is going to be like the the big max of what this movie will be. It's likely gonna be five to ten minutes less than this, and now we're learning it's it's like fifteen minutes less. So you know, it's I trust them. I, I I trust that they're gonna put together the, a movie. It's JJ, like he. Look at the way the Force Awakens moves. This move, the Rise of Skywalker is going to fly past us. Two, like one forty one, is going to feel like nothing. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a fast paced movie. Yeah, that's it. It's gonna be so sad. It's gonna be so. It's gonna be over so soon, man. Ugh. Well, and, you know, when we say we wish it was longer, like, of course I wish it was longer, but I don't. I wouldn't want it packed with like forty five minute action sequences when that sequence could have been cut down to 30 minutes for example or to have palpatine sitting on his throne talking for 15 minutes about how he avoided death and how he did this and how he did that parts of that are important of course but i don't i don't need him to sit there and, and talk for 15 consecutive minutes about what he did or for luke to show up and and talk for 20 minutes uninterrupted about the force and blah 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 it's like okay just give me the give me this the main beats and let's go let's keep going so yeah, I've been, I, I, I've, in a large part, I've been kind of recalibrating my mindset with with the Rise of Skywalker. I just want to go and have fun, like burn the checklist, enjoy the previous eight episodes and this whole saga that we've gotten. Enjoy this this final piece of the puzzle, and, and just, part of that's looking forward to it. For sure, and I'm so, oh god, this is the thing I've been looking forward to the most since. God, since you know they announced these movies, it's like, okay, how's this all going to end? 
but wow. Anyway, the thing, you know, we all talked about these things that we prefer not to see in the movie. I'm trying to just defuse those one at a time. But, you know, more and more, it's just like, it's a me problem. If I can't, if I'm going to have a pissy attitude about something in the movie being there that I prefer not to be there, that's my problem. Absolutely. Yep. You know, it's, it's up to me to get, get over that. Anyway, uh, one, another thing that we did learn <laughs> which over, over the course of last week was that one of the cast members, JJ wouldn't name him, post or lost his script and it ended up on eBay. Did you hear about that while you were away, Carlos? Yeah, I did. Holy cow. Yeah, it was and, tough, man. And that uh, was John like, Boyega. Yeah, we found out it was John Boyega and... Um, he kind of he made it funny about it, which was cool. But yeah, uh, like how how utterly careless. Yeah, that's bad. Holy bro. cow, man! Like the story he told too. Holy cow! Just yeah, I was hanging around with my boys. I and I, I put it under the bed. I was moving apartments. My friends came over. We got partying. It's like oh my god! And then he says like weeks passed before he yeah. kind of went looking for it again what weeks passed before you realized it was even gone like it's a it's a crazy story it's a really crazy story the the thing that the first thing that went to my mind um as somebody who panics and has anxiety is did he subconsciously just leave it there because it was trash (laughs) (laughs) you know or he like he he went through the script and he had like four lines. He's like, okay, nailed it. It sounds you know, like, like the, almost like the opposite. Like now he's he's sort of letting slip more and more how how he was not happy with Finn's role in the Last Jedi, but he's talking much more positively about Finn in the Rise of Skywalker. So I tend to think he likes what was done. No, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. But yeah. anyway. More than anything, I think I'm almost as interested to see the Rise of Skywalker end as I am to see how quickly and how aggressively Disney mobilized to get that thing back. Because you know that it wasn't just like, oh, just click the buy now button. It was definitely not that. They sent in the stormtroopers. Yeah, I mean, you say that. I'm sure it's probably... They didn't send the the SWAT team, but I'm sure they got the, the lawyers moving pretty quick. Like if I had the physical copy of that thing, I'd be at Kinko's. Does Kinko still exist? I'd be at Kinko's. Well, making that, this is the thing. Tons like, of copies of that. It's the script. The scripts and, are all now on copy-proof paper. So you put these things in the the photocopier, and nothing comes out. Like it's blank pages. Oh, yeah, it's true. It's true. I don't know if the same thing. I don't know if it's like this magical type of paper. Or like if you take photos of it on your phone. But holy cow! Like, I I don't know if any bits of it eventually ended up on like 4chan or reddit but it's 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 nuts like i want to ask Who you guys like with it what's that Corey? i th- i heard i thought it was left at like a hotel and he had put it oh, he's renting an apartment hotel. yeah he was yeah, renting he was an right. apartment and he was yeah. moving and he just left it under his bed and the cleaning person found it and what was what would you do like what would you do if you were that person and you go under the bed because this is your job and you haul out a script for episode nine what do you do i'd hand hand copy it if i'm me i don't, I don't know it depends how my standing in life if i'm a star wars fan if it's me personally i, I 
Do you okay at the know. very least? Do you sit on the edge of the bed and read it? Probably, to be honest. I I, I don't know if I if I knew it was the real deal. Uh, I think it'd be hard to pass up. Well, yeah, I, I mean, like, you, you know you're cleaning John Boyega's apartment. You find a script under the bed. It probably has confidential stamped all over it. Yeah, you yeah, let's just go with the assumption that you know. I would, oh, I would, yeah, I'm I would, reading I would hold on to it, too, as well, until after the film sometime in, like, maybe a year or two, five years. It's like that famed Boyega script that, like, that leaked. Here it is. It's online now for sale for ten grand. Yeah, but I don't know oh, that... Yeah. I'm not sure that Boyega would have been able to go back and go, uh, guys, I, I need a new script. Well, where's your old one? I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't even know what would have happened in that case. That's a scary thought. Carlos, what would you do if you found the script? I'm, I'm reading it. I would hand, write, hand copy it. Front to back? And transcribe. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. I transcribe it and then uh, I put it on uh, an auction site, maybe eBay, uh, maybe Kijiji. Oh Jesus! I don't know. <laughs> I put it somewhere, uh, th- but I'd wait till after the movie comes out because I'm not an a-hole. <laughs> See what, what I would have. I, I thought about this all week, and I, I did go from like the a-hole answers. But where, what I would have done is get it, and then. Wait till John comes home and be like, dude, I found this under your bed. I read it. <laughs> and watch his face just go, <gasps> I know what happens in this movie. The spoilers are all up here. I won't tell anybody, but you're going to do me a favor. And I would give him my Trivial Pursuit board and say, you're going to go on back to the set. You're going to do this or that or the other. You're taking this with you and you're going to get everybody to sign it. And you're going to send it back to me. And that's how it's going to go. And I'll stay quiet. <laughs> Blind blackmail him. Uh, I'd probably, you know what? Now that we're talking about it, what would I do? I don't know. Maybe contact Disney straight. Not try to get anybody in trouble and say, listen, this is what it is. This is what I have. I found it. I didn't steal it. Uh, are, you do- are you doing it with like a, from an unknown number with like a voice modulator? No. <laughs> no. I I, and I would tell them, I'm like, I don't want money. Although I'd like some, <laughs> I'll take but a little bit of that money. Disney magic. But I want to, I want to see the cut. The day JJ sees the cut, the final cut, like th- three weeks before everybody else, and I'll sign a non-disclosure agreement. But I just want everybody to know that I know. Yeah, for, I, that, I want, I want my fifteen awesome. minutes. Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, I got Disney to show me the final cut. Yeah, just yeah. Wouldn't it be nice just to strong arm Disney for once? Like they already have my money. You're getting my money every month. <laughs> You're getting until ten I, bucks from me yeah, every month until I die. <laughs> you are going to get ten dollars a month from me, or if you make it twenty dollars a month, I'll probably still pay it until I die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I know this information, and I'm I have a I have a Twitter account. I've got a Facebook page. I've got a podcast. I might tell a few people. I might let some secrets out. Unless you agree, bring me to the premiere, maybe. Maybe get maybe maybe help me meet some of these cast members. They'd probably oh, be pretty yeah. mad at me though. Oh look, it's it's the blackmailer. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not asking for money. I already I already saw the script. I know what happens in the movie. Can I just see it? 
before anybody else. I'm not going to, I'll even, I'll sign an NDA. Imagine, you tell them straight, I'll sign an NDA. Yeah, I just want to sure. see it before anybody else. Would I you? Think that's, w- I think that's the move. Would you, would you want to know that, would you want to see that cut? Or would you like them to spill the beans and say, I want to know what's next. I want you to tell me 2022, 2024. I want to know what the plan is going forward. Would you rather that information or the the cut? I'm calling an audible here. Uh, I think uh, the Star Wars show needs somebody between uh, Carboni and... uh, (laughs) Gutierrez? And Goots. (laughs) I think I think they need to hire someone else to be on that show. I think I'll take that. That's my, that's my audible. I'm now one of the hosts of the Star Wars show. Oh, that's that's pretty good. Oh, you know, you know what I would do as a self-serving podcaster? I would say, listen, you're. Good. I want you to tell me what the plan is, and I want you to let me break that news. Oh. And I want you to let me break it before Rise of Skywalker comes out. Because other, you know, then otherwise I lose my leverage. So either you... how how much of a, how much of a boost in numbers do you think you're actually going to get from that? I don't know, man. Well, I have I have no credibility. So who's going to believe me anyway? But if I just said, exactly. "Hey guys, I know things," and I, you never know. Yeah, because because just by you saying that right now, you sound like ninety four percent of all Star Wars podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> I know something right now that nobody else knows. Breaking news. Breaking news. No, but if I was like, you know, because it would be obviously very out of character for us. We're not newsbreakers to come in and go, hey, guys, we got a scoop to report. I know what's happening in 2022 and who's doing it and what it's about. And people would be like, well, that's a how do you know that? And I would just say, I got I got a source for a week. (laughs) Yeah. And now that person's dead. I, I, I wouldn't do that. That's not something I would do because I don't think you can actually translate that to anything tangible. Probably not. It's it That would be very fleeting fame. Like most people go, oh, his scoop's gone. Well, hope, hopefully he enjoyed that spike in numbers for one week. <laughs> oh, you know what I would I would ask Bob Iger to get on the, on the podcast and have him, um, as part of the deal, join the Patreon. <laughs> You oh, gotta Bob, join at the top tier, Bob. Bob Iger's my patron for the next for in perpetuity. That'd be hilarious. That'd be awesome. Holy cow! Yeah, you, you got to create a whole new tier for that, though. <laughs> a, new, a new top tier. Yeah, an eight ninety nine plus tax tier. <laughs> Make your Disney Plus money back, <laughs> which magically gets adjusted every time Disney Plus goes up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's oh, that yeah, that's a pretty good one. Oh it'd goodness! Like ba- baby Yoda level, so it'd be like a million dollars a month. <laughs> oh, we're still like the baby Yoda level tier. I don't know. I like, come on, people. Like we're we're kind of exposing our black hearts here. You guys tell us <laughs> what would you do? So you guys, if you came across the script, would you say, "Hey, John, I found this. I didn't read it. Swear to God, here you go. Hope you don't get in trouble." Or would you yeah, be like, "Hey, dude, listen." I'm doing you a solid here. I took care of this because I know if it was anybody else, they'd probably have this on eBay. But no, I'm a Star Wars fan. I like you. I read it, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna screw you for this. Just help me out. Get me some autographs. Yeah, like g- give us give us your best 
Um, most reasonable, level-headed. I'm going to scratch your back. Or, you scratch or, or mine. Creative, like a nice creative idea that has uh, that, that that doesn't involve extorting money from anyone. I don't know. I still like the money part too. Like, <laughs> just, you could just kind of suggest it, just like you know, like I could use like a, I don't know if if you're talking to John Boyega directly, maybe not so much, but Disney itself, like you know, give me a point five percent of the film's gross profit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That that movie's gonna make money for the next twenty years straight. Like, yeah. Just tell, just tell them, guys, look, all I want to do is uh, retire, have some fun. <laughs> Can you make that happen? I've got the feeling that I'm not the only one. <laughs> She's back. Shell Crow's back. <laughs> all right, let's move ahead here, guys. Um, a couple of things came out last week. We got the, the Rise of Skywalker behind-the-scenes look, which came out on American Thanksgiving night, which, by the way, all you guys out there who did celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you guys are recovering and you've digested all that turkey. Uh, but we we did get that look on Thursday night. from the, I think they show this at Celebration is what I'd heard. But uh, you, you guys caught this. Corey, did you see this uh, behind-the-scenes look? Yeah. And what'd you think? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, uh, I love stuff like that. Like, it always gets me, you know, the nostalgia, whatever. Like, there wasn't anything, like, too noticeable or whatever that jumped out at me. There was only the one thing that you had sent me that we'll talk about after. But, I don't know, the whole 40 years in the making, a lifetime's work of worth of work. Like, things like that. Like, uh, it's no secret, you know, the nostalgia pangs. I'm, I'm all for those kind of things. So, clips like that, you know, the past, the present, the future, they just really help kind of, like, put things in perspective in a way. Or like, mm-hmm. it's really like, man, like this, this is the end, you know, like, so I, I love stuff like that. It makes it a little more emotional and I'm all for that. And so I'm like, bring it on. But the thing that I was, the only thing that jumped out to me was it looks to me like Wicket is in the film. Yeah. You know, that, 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 up. I can't believe conversation around that didn't explode immediately. Cause I saw that and I was like, holy shit. Like there's Warwick Davis. Like present day Warwick Davis, 48 year old Warwick Davis in the, in the wicket suit. There's only one reason that can be possible. And so I, I grabbed a quick little screen grab, threw it on Twitter and like virtually crickets. I'm like, why is no one talking about this? And that's when I guess I figured out that this clip had been showed at celebration. So it's not necessarily news to everybody, but yeah, it, it's out there. Carlos, what did you think of this reel? Uh, I, I thought it was cool. It, um, it gave the little, the, the warm and fuzzies and, uh, I was happy about that. And then, uh, the, uh, the image of wicked ruined it for me. Oh, come on, Grinch. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Uh, not a when fan. Did you of, see, uh, when did you see return of the Jedi for the first time? Uh, in the eighties at one point. Yeah. And like, Back then, were you like, meh, Ewoks? Uh, I was like, oh, wow, those are really cute. And then, wow, that's no way that those little furry guys could, like, line up those logs. And there's no way an ATST is going to, like, slip over those logs. Stupidest thing ever. <laughs> you don't know. As a kid, how did they line up the two logs to, to, to actually come down and smash the head of an ATST? Come on, 
They no, those, those, no. As a kid, I knew that was wrong. <laughs> McClunky. McClunky. Yeah, I give you a McClunky. <laughs> no, I just uh, whatever. I mean, it's a kids' movie, so I had. I, I. I mean, I just took it for like, okay, this is just stupid. Okay, let's get back to the Death Star. But like, yeah, I love um, yeah, not a not a huge fan of it, and I don't like the fan service thing. I've never like. Not that I never liked it. I mean, I liked Ponda Baba and uh, Doctor uh, Evian. Uh, no, I said Evian on purpose. <laughs> um, I, I like that 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 type of fan service, like a little nod here and there. But like, are you you going to do a fan service of a, a, another fan? Like, it's it's just too much for me. I just find it too much. Like, unless it's unless it's. You know how they uh, they cut away to like all the the star system celebrating at the end of the empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want to cut to an image of Endor of the Ewoks celebrating the end of the First Order, I'm cool with it. But if you got little frumpy lumpy walking around <laughs> these Oompa Loompas, actually like in a battle, it's a no. It's a hard hard no for me. <sighs> No, I, 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 I'm like, definitely on the other side of that fence, but I think I think if Wicket's, he'll probably be the one and only Ewok in it, and it'll be like super quick. He'll be yeah. well. No, if you look at the picture that you see online, there's at least two Ewok heads in that shot. Yeah, there's yeah, there's two, but they're both Wicket faces. Are you sure about that? One Pretty look, sure. No, not to me. One of them looked like Wicket's, and one of them looked like another Ewok's. I thought they were both wicked, just different elements just, about them to see which one fits better actually, or looks better. Like we we must be in the Endor system at that point. Like it, if that's the case, then it makes a lot more sense. Like if we're on the other side of the galaxy, and these guys pop up, and it's like Death Star One or whatever it is, then that's a little more fishy. But if it is in that planetary system, then it kind of makes sense that they might show up. Yeah, it's it's going to be. I just don't want them fighting. It's just stupid. No, no, they, they won't. They want some. Wicket's like, let's go get some. Remember these guys? Uh, uh-uh. uh. Dude, let's come on, bring it, bring it. Oh, come on. It's it's gonna be the shortest little cameo. It's gonna be like a, a camera pans out, zooms out, and there's gonna be like Wicket standing next to Leia or something, and she'll just like scratch him on the ear, and that that'll be it. That's gonna be the end of it. And if that's it, I'm okay with it. If 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 that's it, that I'm okay. I just don't want them. Setting up traps like Kevin McAllister. Like, I'm, no. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to be that. I, I don't it, there's see no that way. happening. There's but no I, way. I feel that still works for Return of the Jedi, but I don't think that's going to be happening in this. See, George Lucas is not afraid to do that kind of thing with Ewoks or Gungans. But so far, Ryan Johnson, uh, Gareth Edwards, J.J. Uh, Abrams, yeah, they've not done under- that. Can we both agree that Gungans are way more believable than Ewoks? No, I, I mean not one. For, to me, one is not more believable than the other. Like they're the, the Gungan battle doesn't seem more legitimate against the droid army than little teddy bears, teddy rubskin. Yeah, well, they're, they're they're two totally different things. You know, it's like apples and oranges. Like the Gungans are actually technologically advanced, whereas that's the exactly guys. the point. That's what I'm trying to say. Isn't one more legitimate? One's way more legitimate than the other. Yeah, but it's like I don't know. They, they still they they came together with what they had. You know what I mean? Like Ugh. I know I know what you mean. Like getting logs in the air and all that stuff. Like, but it, I don't know if they were a bit prepared or. I, I still 
it always worked for me and it still does. I love the Ewoks, man. Yeah, well. Anyway, I, I I thought the reel was pretty cool. Like it was it's it was a lot lighter on Rise of Skywalker content than I would have liked. Yeah. But yeah, it, it more than made up for it with the way it showed us the old like the 70s and 80s versus the present day stuff, which means a lot of the prequel stuff was cut right out, which angered a lot of people. Like a lot of the people that grew up on prequels, not happy with this reel because it just left out, aside from a couple shots of, of uh, Ewan McGregor, completely left out of the picture, which is, I, I get it. Like, you know, I get it from both sides. It's, it's, this was supposed to be like a, a retrospective from 77 to uh, 2019. I get that part. But yeah, they just Lucasfilm just was like, yeah, let's, let's let's go past this part. But yeah, there's there's um, yeah, it was nice. Well, it was nice to see those that opening scene with with uh, Harrison, Mark, Alec, and Peter in the cockpit, and they're just goofing yeah. around rehearsing that I, scene. Alec, Alec Guinness didn't look too impressed to be honest. No, well, yeah. exactly. He looked Harris, like he Harrison to be Ford was else. actually peed. <laughs> it's like, oh, are you filming this? <laughs> yeah, Alec Guinness just looked like he wanted to be somewhere else, anywhere else. Yeah, he's like, oh, these kids are so unprofessional. What is this thing I'm doing? What what has happened to my career? But anyway, there's this like there's... I should have asked for three <laughs> percent. But there's a line from Lucas that kicks the whole thing off, and it it resonated with me. And it's I see it as like the mothership giving us one final overt warning before Rise of Skywalker comes out, and that's when Lucas says that the idea of Star Wars is that of a modern day fairy tale. And I, you know, fairy tales conjure up images of, of whatever it is that they conjure up for you, but they're specifically telling us what this is. So go back to all the fairy tales from your youth. Look how cheesy they are. Look how they end. They're telling us the tone of the way, the, the way this movie's going to wrap up is fairy tale. And JJ spoke about that as well back in 2014, 2015, how this was like, about the prince and the princess and and he talked about fairy tales and they're they are straight up telling people what this is going to be you know i so obviously not everybody saw this and not everybody listens to this but it's they're telling us it's it's like when you know i have how i've said like they've been really honest with the marketing for this era of star wars with in terms of like we're not giving you much Snoke because Snoke's not in this, these movies very much. He's not important. Or when Luke, when Mark Hamill was saying, this is not going to go the way you think. Like, that was a very on-the-nose mantra to us. I think this is a, like another one in that vein where they're telling us something. And we we better be listening. And I know most people won't. And they'll just prefer I to mean, complain. It's, to me, it's been evident that it's a fairy tale since day one since watching it when you see a long time ago in a galaxy far far away like it's once upon a time yeah but people will lose that and they talk about bombs in space and they talk about what about her training and they just need like this regimented explanation for everything that happens when you when when you think about fairy tales and the things that happen in them there are no explanations for these ins for the craziness that happens in a fairy tale there's never explanations for it it just is it just is. But no, we need we, Star Wars fans need to know how everything came to be. We need the backstory to everything. That's not how Star Wars was set up. Like the OT was never that way. 
the prequels kind of filled in the, those, some of those blanks, but so much stuff is just left open because it's a fairy tale. So anyway, off my soapbox. Uh, let's move on to the international trailer. Did you guys pick anything out of that that was worthy of, of talking about? Uh, not really. I, I kind of, uh, I was uh, more on the TV spots, like the dual TV spot and the Ooh. whole non-TV spot. Oh, man. Uh, dual of the Fates, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that stood out. That, 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 that to me was more noticeable and, uh, or notable than uh, the international trailer. Uh, I didn't see that much difference between uh, the trailers. Um, You're, yeah. What do you think? Right on. Corey, I'll, you, you want to get in there? No, I'm just uh, I'm trying to think of something that really jumped out at me. Like, I, I like them both. I mean, Palpatine's speech was pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there, there wasn't really... What I like about them is that we still... They're still just playing off things that we've already seen in a way. Like, just further expanding them just a little bit so to the point where we don't know anything still, which I really like. Well, I mean, we did see, we finally saw, like, Sith Troopers in numbers being deployed, which was kind of cool. Like, didn't yeah, know how they'd I be put into action. On, on Twitter about uh, people already complaining, like, oh, like, they've been there the whole time. And because Poe says, like, uh, now they have jetpacks or whatever it is, you know. Oh, that was, yeah, that was from the clip. That was, oh, God, that was so stupid. That's not the Sith Troopers. That was the, the jet, the jetpack troopers when they took off in flight. They fly now? People like all yeah, the same people who need explanations for everything. Forget it. Let's forget those people. Um, yeah, like the Sith troopers on the deck of that Star Destroyer and in the in battle against the that tribe of people riding the Orbax. All those people are gonna die. It's over for them. Uh, but we did see the Falcon in this chase in a sequence that I had never seen before. With that. that Everything's green, and there's that giant worm with teeth. That looks like a pretty rad sequence. I can't wait to see that. I just I just want more high-speed action for the Falcon. And it looks like we're going to get at least a little bit of it here. But uh, I think most importantly, guys, we saw Claude in the cockpit. That's, that is the takeaway. He's yeah. si- giving, giving Poe the side eye. You can't ask for a, a better entry into a trailer than adding Claude. That's all I got to say about that trailer. I'm all curious. Right. I'm curious about this guy. Do we know who's <laughs> voicing him yet? No. <laughs> I don't. I can't wait to hear his voice. It's going to be fabulous. Hopefully he speaks. Anyway. Uh, we, let's let's uh, jump in here. We're going to flip up the... Uh, I guess the way we do the show. We've got some questions in. We'll get to those. And then we'll do Mando episode four at the end. Uh, so right now we've got a question in from Adam Abduhamde. So Adam, hello, sir. Thank you for writing in. And Adam's got a question about the Kenobi show. It goes a little like this. He says, regarding the ever-awaited Kenobi show, what would you say are the possibilities of having Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader? I ask this because having recently rewatching A New Hope, I felt like the fight between old Ben and Vader was missing the extreme emotions that I would expect from the two meeting once again. Also, from the way the two speak to each other, it seems like they have met before, while Vader was in the suit, with Obi-Wan calling him Darth. It just didn't feel like it was the first time they'd seen each other since the duel on Mustafar. 
At the very least, I feel like they could cross paths. Obviously not on Tatooine, with the possibility of another fight being there. The idea might seem far-fetched, but we've had a Maul and Kenobi rematch in Rebels, and honestly, I feel like this is in the realm of possibility for the show. Uh, Corey, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I totally agree there in the sense that it does lack that emotional resonance. Like, they... But it's all the thing about being done in reverse, right? Had had it been done in sequence, like after having watched the prequel trilogy and the Clone Wars and stuff like that, the bond between Anakin and Obi-Wan is like so deep, you know? So yes, it does lack that emotional resonance when you when you watch it, A New Hope. And I had watched it just the other day too, like during the great re- rewatch. But I think from my perspective anyway i highly doubt that they have ever 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 encountered i mean each other prior to this one meeting i mean uh even uh fader says something along the lines of uh last time you met i was but the padawan now i am the master no like, i was I, but the learner yeah i was but the learner not the padawan either way no that's like, that that is a that's a well yeah whatever he says but that is that is the key that is the key i think that's it. So, like, I get, the, I get that the last time I figured the last time they met was on or saw each other was on Mustafar, but it does kind of allude to the fact that him. Well, he already knew his name was Darth Vader at this point. I think he had been, or he had kind of heard it at this point. But well, he saw it in, in the security footage. So there you go, yeah. Obi Wan. But has he heard the name? You know what I mean. So now he that he's pointed this out, like. He does know of his name. So basically, you've mentioned this many times, Kyle, and this could be a part of the show. Like Vader's become this legendary masked monster, right? And he's renowned most likely throughout the galaxy, even to the depths of Tatooine. So when Ben Kenobi finally gets word of this, it could haunt him in a big way, knowing his Padawan is running around amok, still alive, half robot more machine than man now like just wreaking havoc across the galaxy that could that could possibly play into the show but that is a really interesting story waiting to be told like you had always mentioned kyle and also i think another thing is vader is never ever ever going back to tatooine in my opinion and obi-wan is not leaving well luke is there yeah we have well we had that talk a couple weeks ago about is he going to leave? And we're going to continue to have that talk until we find the answer. But uh, yeah, no, broadly, I think I agree with you. Carlos, wh- where are you at with this? Uh... Hang in there, Carlos. We're, we're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm at that point where it's like, everything that happened after 77 was a retcon to that original conversation. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, when Obi-Wan calls him uh, just a master of evil, Darth, he's calling him Darth not as in you're a, a Sith, but because Darth was his first name. And it's hard it, to think about just... that. It's, 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 it's tough to remember that. But yeah, he was, he was just Darth Vader. Darth, I don't, know, I don't know if Darth was a title that it was back no, then. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And it only got retconned in uh after episode one so um it's 
anything that comes after that is just it's pure it's pure conjecture to me so what i believe is that they've never seen they haven't seen each other since mustafar um it would be stupid for them to shoehorn a meeting between them in um just because they can it would it would really really have to make sense I'm not against Obi-Wan leaving Tatooine uh, like we discussed uh, on the that great, great episode that Corey just happened not to be on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to Rob Williams. What is that? Um, no, I just... Honestly, you could beat around this bush all day long. Um, I'm going to leave it to the writers uh, to come up with something really, really cool when it comes to the Obi-Wan series and uh, whatever other you know whatever you might think about uh, about this and that is, uh, you know, that's just headcanon stuff and uh, I'm not I'm not interested like, uh, but picture this, like the real thing where it could really strike home, like I know Kyle again, you had been beating you on this drum for a while, but what if he sees it on the hollow net news or whatever it is, you know, or like Tatooine daily press or like he sees this Darth Vader character and he knows that it's Anakin somehow. And he's just like, like he lives, you know, like he left him for dead. Well, yeah. Just like that moment where he goes, ah, oh, like I couldn't finish him. Like he just couldn't bring himself to, to finish the job. You should have given him like a little force push. Just a, all it would have taken, just a little flick of the finger, roll him into the lava once and for all. Yeah, I, I, but I think he he doesn't because he's a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, You're obviously right. he has a conscience, but boy. I, and I don't think he presumes that he's dead. And he also really said he was. Don't. He also said, "I can't do it." He's like my brother. I can't do it. Yeah. Like yeah he, I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think he's like. Ah, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna walk. He's not Doctor Evil. Like. Let's leave them in the next to the shark tank with the shark with the lasers on their freaking heads and not watch them die and hope that and assume that he's gonna die. I, I don't I don't think that's Obi-Wan's plan. He walks away because he won the duel. He took away his lightsaber and He's leaving it to fate after that. Yeah, that's it. He's just Yeah, it makes sense. I, I don't I don't see him all, thinking all, all that signs pointed to death. <laughs> You talk about fate in that scenario. Yeah, at some point, well, he's either going to get really thirsty, really hungry, <laughs> or really infec hot. infection will set in, or he'll bleed out. One of those are probably going to happen. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I. Th I think he he knows he's going to survive, but maybe that he's too damaged to 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 um, to come back from it. Um, but knowing that he's the chosen one. I think yeah, the force doing what it does. Yeah, he's he's aware that there's a possibility that he's gonna survive. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I really, I, I want, I hope we get that mindset where, where we learn what his mindset is. Like, did he really think that? Yeah, Anakin's dead. I did it. I mean, I'm, I left him for well, dead. He knows Anakin's dead. He, he, he uh, Vader's what remains, right? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what he, I mean, though. Like, did did this, yeah. did this person? Did the physical body die? Did I do enough to just to let that thing die without me having to stick a saber through his chest? 
I think I think he'd um he probably thinks that he crushed his spirit. Crushed his and, pride, all that stuff. Yeah, and well, another thing too, like imagine this, like this could be a thing for the series as well. Like uh looking, searching out into the force. I mean, that's been a big thing, and it seems that even the Inquisitors were able to kind of tap into that and track people down. So, like, what if at one instance, you know, Obi-Wan's tuning into the Force, like, maybe looking for Yoda or something like that, and Vader's tapping into the Force at the same time looking for Obi-Wan specifically because he knows that he lives. You know, he knows he's hiding out there somewhere. So it must be, he must be hell-bent still on trying to capture Kenobi, right? That's got to be at the back of his mind as well. So maybe at one point they kind of, like, meet each other in this, not meet each other, but they know that, their minds connect kind of like oh shit well well even in going to a new hope is is vader is kind of taken aback when he when he feels kenobi's presence it's like at at first he's like you can tell he's visibly confused and then he tells tarkin and tarkin's like obi-wan kenobi like they're talking like what do you it's been 20 years since kenobi yeah, like surely he's dead by now yeah surely he's dead by now and i i think yeah. obi-wan if anything like the the Vader series, the Emperor and Vader secret. Like that Vader got like messed up by Obi Wan. In the in Charles Soule's Vader run, uh, I the there's I think Kenobi only really pops up once, and it's just it's Anakin Vader having this vision of actually being the one to kill uh, Kenobi on Mustafar. But other than that, like you would think, like you're right, like Kenobi walks away from Vader on Mustafar. Vader knows that it's like okay. He's out there. I'm going to find him. But he clearly never does. So at some point, he just decides to not pursue that or just. Or leave. does Kenobi pull the whole Luke thing and turn himself off for the force for a few years? He could do that. He could do that for sure. But I, I do think the key line, like you said, Corey, is is when he says, when we last met, I was but the learner. And. Like once he became Darth Vader, I think like the the Sith arrogance kicks in, and you think you're a master. You know he knows, even though he's subordinate to Sidious, he probably thinks he's a master of of the dark side at this point. So I don't, I don't think I'm on, I'm with you guys. I don't think Vader and Obi Wan will meet in the series, but I, I, it's possible. It is, it is possible for them to write it in. I, I don't know how they'll do it. I, with what we have already i don't know and i like carlos you like you said i'm i am not a huge fan of trying to squeeze in these reunions where it's not necessary you know like han and lando the way they end their relationship in solo i'm fine with it being like the the last time they speak until empire yeah it, it makes sense um yeah they can leave that one alone if they wanted to absolutely they could like just just the way they the way that Han and Lando meet in Empire, where it's like um, like Lando goes to pull that punch on Han. That's exactly how they see each other last uh, on, on is it Numidian Prime at the end of Solo. Yeah, like that's that's perfect. They don't need to. We don't need to shoehorn shoehorn in another meeting between those two. And like in the first volume of the Star Wars comic, Vader. And Luke meet in like issue three, which to me is a was a massive mistake. And obviously, 
it's a niche it's niche content most people don't know it but to me it, it when luke and vader meet at at cloud city like that that's an impactful meaningful meeting but it's not their first meeting anymore so i, I don't i i've never liked the idea of, of shoehorning in these meetings anyway it just seems like a waste of time to me but uh I guess if you had a series and you knew Vader was going to be in it, and if you knew that that face-off was coming, like that would have to be the climax of the series, right? I, I would, I would think so, right? Like that, you're not going to put that in. Like a, it's not going to be a throwaway episode. No, but it's like, a mini series. Like if if it's not the 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 main arc, then you're doing a disservice to the character. Absolutely. Like yeah, if it if it's a six episode show and it's sequential, meaning it starts on day one and ends on day six, for example, or whatever. If you're building up to a meeting with Vader, like that's got to be episode six. You don't do that in episode two. Because you yeah. you besides, no matter where you do it, you know how it ends because Kenobi lives and Vader lives. So the show, you rob the show of its power because you know how the climax ends, unless you plan on throwing away Vader. Which 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 makes no sense. Then again, if you want to drive signups and you decide you need more fans, tease Darth Vader. People people will come for Vader, right? They will say, "Oh, Vader's in this. I'm in." Yeah, but in that case, why don't you just do a Vader show? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like I'm not trying to say that's what they should do, but yeah, no, no. But I'm just saying if that, if that's what people are really gunning for, like do a Vader show. Of him hunting down Jedi, just continue the Charles Soule comic series in live action form, and you could easily get away with that. Like that's, I, I think that it's better than trying to uh, retcon stuff. You know, give us new material as opposed to uh, trying to say this is the last time that they met, or mm-hmm. this is the last time that they met, as opposed to what we already know. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I just find it. I just find that it's a little, it's a little silly to, to beat around that bush, like just to try to what, try to make your own head cannon, real cannon. Like there's, there's no reason for that. We already have it. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah. I, there's, there's probably someone who's going to say, well, uh, listen, Kanan and Ezra faced Vader in a non-finale scenario, so it, it's possible. No, it's, no, don't. It's See, just the don't. cool thing. The cool thing about like coming back and like what they did with Maul, right? Like he was dead, and then the Clone Wars showed us that he wasn't, and uh, we never knew about the final duel between Obi Wan and Maul until we saw it in Rebels. And guess what? It was awesome. So it always come. It always comes down to that. To, to the 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 adage that I that I keep coming back to, like if the story's well written, that's so true, man. Because like the whole mall thing to me, like really threw me off my guard. Like at the time, Clone Wars was really airing live. I wasn't necessarily following it episode by episode. So when I heard they did come back, I was like, really? Like come on, like how are they gonna do that? But then once you sit down and watch it, and the time that they invest in the character and moving forward, what they did with the character, it's it's really relevant and it was believable. Anyway, <clears throat> just to wrap up, uh, we are all kind of on the same side that it's not necessary that a new hopes meeting 
is the first since Mustafar. I personally can't rule it out. It's possible they'll they'll put Vader in there just because. And it could be really cool, but I, I don't think they will. I don't think they should. Surprise, yeah, I don't think he's going back to Tatooine, man. He hates sand, especially now that he's half robot. It gets everywhere. Gets all in his gears now. Grinds his gears. Yeah, it would certainly have to not be on, on Tatooine. It would be somewhere else. Yeah, would... definitely it has to be somewhere else. All right, Adam, thank because, you very because, much. Right, it would be so stupid if the Devastator is over Tatooine and Vader just sends somebody to go after the escape pod, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know exactly what they're doing, right? I yeah. still say every time, though, man, like when that skate pod happens, when that whole scene goes down, like when you think about it in retrospect after seeing all the, the franchise, like Vader must be like, uh, I have a bad feeling about this. The wills. <laughs> yeah, you know, now forget it. I was gonna, I was going to pull a thread and say, you know, there's no way that R2 and 3PO should have been able to get away. Yeah, you can you can make that assumption. <laughs> Like, it, like the, there's they're too lazy to waste plaster bullets or whatever it is. Like you're Let telling me, go. with all the tools at their disposal, tracking down these Death Star plans being like the highest priority the Empire's ever had, they couldn't find those two slow-moving dry droids in the desert. Come on, come on. Well, look, man, it takes them <laughs> when you watch it. I mean, unless they got washed away in the sands of time, but our two's tracks are clearly a droid. And 3PO as well, the way he walks, like any tracker would look at him and be like, that's well, a droid. Look, look. And then they have to find that washer and be like, look, sir, droids. <laughs> Luke's speeder picked up R2 from who knows how far away. Little droid on the scanner. If Luke's little speeder could pick it up, you cannot make the case that the Empire didn't have a tool that would allow them to find R2. It's it's not possible. You cannot make that case. Anyway, I pulled the thread. I regret it immediately. I'm sorry. Let's move on to... <laughs> not my Star Wars. Anyway, we got... To, again, thank you, Adam. Don't be a stranger, sir. Someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten to sixty thousand dollars. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. Uh, some questions here from James Weibel about, and these are to do with the Mandalorian. So if you are staying clean on the Mando, unfortunately, this is probably your stop. And so thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know where to find us. You know how to find us on the social medias. Uh, keep in touch. Uh, but this is where we talk, talk Mando from now until the end. So if you want to hang around, by all means do so. But you will be spoiled on various elements of episode four. And who knows what else. So with that being said, uh, questions from James. We've got three of them here. We're going to just answer them very, very quickly. 
all right, first one from James. What if the component they were extracting from the child was midichlorians? Carlos, you got this one first. Uh, I think it, I, I don't think they're going to go there. I, I don't, I don't think that that's what Favreau is, is really gonna, gonna be going for, especially since we have a, a, a good idea that, um, the Imperial is a cloner. I don't think you're going to look to, to clone midichlorians or extract midichlorians. Uh, as opposed to uh, the metabolism thing, I th I'm, I'm more in the line of metabolism over midichlorians. Me metabolism, aging. Hmm. Yeah, it's the aging thing. Because look, uh, uh, yeah, you weren't there, Corey, uh, but uh, we we talked about how uh, Yoda's species is 900 years old, right? So um, they okay, age a lot slowly. slower than humans do, and seeing as how they cloned Django Fett and sped up the aging process, I think they want to do the opposite uh, to extend life. And I think that's part of what Sidious's plan was, to extend his own life. Well, that's kind of cool. You figure like out that. what makes these little Yodas tick. Why do they age so slowly and extract Wouldn't that just, and give it to Sidious? That, that very easily. That very easily makes sense. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I just have so many questions about this little baby Yoda, first and foremost. Like, I haven't had a chance even to talk to you guys about it yet. Man, so many questions about this little thing. But uh, I think it's very possibly, I don't know if it's Metachlorians per se, but I personally think it has something to do with the Force. It has, I think it's a Force-related thing, like, in the sense that they know that this species in particular, not only is it a long-aging species, it's prone to force usage like i'd ask kyle after seeing the first episode seeing like we talked about it and i said you know is are we just to assume that you know is he important because he's the last of his kind or is he super important because he's you know pro genetically prone to use the force and we got the answer in the second episode which was absolutely amazing but regardless we hear uh werner herzog's character say whatever you have to do, just extract its genetic material. So for some reason, like Carlos just said, we see that scientist that had the clone patch. He has a name. It's Dr. Pershing. Okay, yeah, he is a very <laughs> sensitive type. Anyhow, his insignia kind of indicated that he was a cloner of some type. But I would think it could be maybe a matter of both, but I like what Carlos said. I hadn't even thought of that, the whole long aging thing that's pretty interesting but i personally believe it's force related and it could be another thing with his species in general we just don't know anything about it which is amazing yeah i mean it's it's one or the other it's either the, they want to know why they age slowly so they can figure that out and then give it to sidious or or maybe it is midichlorians and i, I thought maybe they wanted to ex my, my working theory was you know get the midichlorians out and then inject your your army of sith troopers with them yes that's exactly what i have written here instead of maybe not necessarily snoke getting injected with this stuff but like they synthesize this super serum kind of you know what i mean that doesn't necessarily 
work for prolonged periods like they all get injected with it and we'll say for the duration of this one hour battle they will be in one enhanced course, there's know? yeah they're like they're like peds of of this of the star wars galaxy maybe maybe even like carlos said maybe the the aging thing kind of can come into effect there too whereas you know these guys well that kind of wouldn't make sense necessarily well last there, week but... michelle made an interesting point like if she said like you know because cl- clones age twice as fast like what if this was just a straight up clone of yoda which is like insane of course but it lines up because if you take if these things go you know at twice the rate he's really only 25 years old which and if you count back 25 years from this point in time you're right in the middle of the clone wars again so who knows like i have no idea what's going on but i thought that was worth mentioning but yeah i'm 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 okay if 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 they, if we find out we're after midi chlorians, I will be surprised because, like Carlos said, I don't think Favreau's going there. I think he's he's too much of an OT guy, and midi chlorians to him are like icky. But you never know. Like Filoni's there too, and he's Filoni's not icked out by by midi chlorians. They don't necessarily have to say midi chlorians per se either, you know. No, you're right. All right, moving on. Next question: What if Snoke wasn't born with the Force, but had it injected? And I, I think it's an interesting idea. I, I like, almost like the idea of Snoke being an experiment gone wrong, so to speak. Like, which maybe would explain why he looks like that. And I mean, we obviously we know he's got tremendous Force powers, but what if prior to that he was just like this fanatical devotee of of the dark side with no powers? Like, what if he was just like the the Equivalent of Lor Santeca, but on the other side, and he decided to like, no, you're gonna uh, just just pump me full of these drugs or mini chlorians or whatever it is until the powers take hold. I, the Red Skull. It's kind of too sci-fi for Star Wars, for my in my opinion. But we're living with the reality of experiments on on Baby Yoda, so who knows what their motives are? Uh, it could be. What do you think, Corey? Uh, I like what you just said there. I kind of have the same thing written in the this, this sense of like this whole monster thing gone wrong, like Frankenstein, possibly. I mean, it's interesting, but when I really started thinking about it, like I my my head kept going to that, you know, the super serum of the synthesized version of the Force being injected into this army. I I, I don't know. I, I kept getting drawn more to that, but I, I like the whole. You know, we have we know nothing on Snoke, his decrepit form. It could be that kind of whole thing where this botched experiment gone wrong. I kind of like that too. But I, I also like I kind of like to think that he's from the unknown regions and this, has this connection with the forest that we don't necessarily know about. True, Carlos, what do you think? Uh, yeah, about the whole Snoke thing, I'm not. Uh... I don't know. I, I like th- this is part of that the whole shoehorning, uh, shoehorning, shoe, <laughs> shoehorning. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, completely on board with it. I just um, I don't think this is where Snoke needs to come in. Uh, personally, I- I'm more looking towards cinder and the the end of the empire and how why these imperials are still on it 
yeah that's it like we could still get a connection before the force awakens of this you know these connective tissues of like this the mandalorian setting up something for the skywalker saga and uh in that sense you know i mean yeah we did get we they did tell us that we would learn the origins of the first order or at least get a little bit of that so i have you know as the much first as order the first order rises up in in uh to, to, to contrast the new republic right and as far as i could tell in this in the mandalorian right now everything's still in chaos there is no new republic so no no they even mentioned the new republic like he said like um what's his name carl weather's character tells them like like how would you go to like more like the central planets and like yeah go report them them. yeah go report the the, these imperials see Mm. if they they do anything about it yeah i mean the new republic set up shop pretty quickly but it's just it takes a long time like they, they talk about this uh, Filoni and Favreau yep. leading up to the to the release of the Mando is that it just it takes a long time for a government to I guess spread across a galaxy I mean I guess an empire does it as quickly as they want but a new republic was trying to do things a little bit differently so yeah they're they're effective in some places not so effective in others but yeah I I don't know Snoke if he's if we find out this is where Snoke comes from Ah, again, I think that kind of, for me, it makes the show less important because Snoke is not important. I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. Whereas if it's, if it is Sidious, it makes the show more important because Sidious is definitely important as we will, we're going to learn in a couple weeks. In fleet that we see of Star Destroyers, like something of these Imperial remnants leaving something behind for the future. Like the Sith troopers, maybe in like cryogenic freezing or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Last question here from James. On a different note, what if the foundlings aren't all of Mandalorian descent? All orphans, but of different species. They earn status as a Mandalorian by following the way and earning their armor. The the Zabrakish horns on the armor are a splinter in my mind. That would also make sense why none take their helmets off. Um. I kind of dig this too. Like it gives another parallel, uh, like to other factions in Star Wars. Like the Jedi take kids to fill their ranks, and the First Order takes kids to fill their ranks. And you know, does the do the Mandalorians take kids to fill their ranks? No, I think that. I mean, uh, do uh, do we want to get into spoilers for the latest episode of the Mandalorian? Because there's kind of a little yeah, hint to that. Yeah, it's a big hint to that when he's speaking to Omera. Uh well yeah we I mean we are in Mando mode it's it's full spoilers so uh, if anybody else is still hanging that, around words, that the Mandalorians adopted him and he took on their way of life like mm-hmm. this is the way you know and you see yeah, like the, the the Mando enclave is full of kids there's like little kids running around that place like crazy and they all have little I, I would I'd like to think that a lot of them are Mandalorian native Mandalorian. But you kind of get the impression that uh, the Mandalorian, he's he not. Could be part of the, well, not necessarily like the Mandalore system is a big place. They're not all sporting that armor, right? No, like, but he, do, he does say like, they, they took me, the Mandalorians took me in. 
and he he sort of yes. adopted their ways. So that to me is pretty clear that he's not Mandalorian by by birth. No, I agree. I, I but the the different species things, I think that's a, a real possibility. I, I think it's a good call. That's why they possibly keep wearing helmets, and I'd like to see that it'd be a big uh, shocker, kind of you know, especially for Favreau. Imagine Favreau popping out of there, and it's not Favreau. It's really like some. It's definitely not good if he ever does take off that helmet, which I doubt he will. But if they ever do, like we know the consequences now at this point, which is kind of crazy. But if anyway, I would definitely like to see that see or get more hints as to that. But we we definitely do get the impression that not necessarily all Mandalorians are Mandalor native Mandalorian. Yeah, we we I mean, we keep flashing back to that to the Mandos when he was a, a child. And we don't know what that is exactly yet, but I wonder if that was, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like something really bad. And and, and the client talked about it, where it was really, really unfortunate what happened to the Mando's people. So look, it sounds like the Mandalorians are scooping up orphans, taking them in, and sort of... Uh, yeah, it's the purge, right? I suppose there was the Mandalorian purge yeah. or something like that. Like They said the... He says at one point, Herner Wurzog's uh, character says it's it's easier to find the best car, steel, which is super valuable, than it is to find a Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, again, like I, I like the idea of sort of examining the way that different factions in Star Wars fill their ranks using kids. Is it you know you could talk about the ethics of that and and the methods they use to do that. You know, I, th I think that could be an interesting conversation to, to emerge from Star Wars. Uh, Carlos, anything? Uh, no, I'm the, I mean, I'm, I'm there with you. I think it's, uh, I think it's cool. Um, I just find it a little weird um, about that, the helmet thing specifically. Like, I don't know. That's just something that I'm. We see Sabine's face, like yeah, that's yeah, that's a big one. Like she's the helmet's off more than more often than not. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I that's the only thing I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around. But it could um, be like it looks like they're they're really practicing like ancient Mandalore religion. You mean on on the show? On the show, yeah, like they're really tapping back into the old school ways, man. Of really, it's his religion, man. Yeah, because even Sabine's family. By the time we, like, you could say, well, Sabine's a rebel. She's an offshoot, and she she's kind of taken some liberties with Mandalorian customs. But then you meet her family, and they don't wear their helmets all the time either. Yeah, and her father Neither. doesn't even have armor. From what we gather, he's just an artist. Bo Bo Katan, her her helmet's off half the time. I don't know. I it, it maybe unless unless they they feel like they needed to get back down to basics. Yeah, this is the way. You yeah, know? maybe. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> the, the Mandalorians were exposed. They were destroyed because they got lax in the ways of of the Mandalorian. And this group could maybe Mandalore. Because yeah, the the armor. It, she almost seems to be like the leader, and she seems like pretty strict about what what rules need to be followed i don't doesn't she doesn't strike me as somebody with a lot of wiggle room 
anyway, uh, there you go, James. Thank you very much, man. <clears throat> so again, let's uh, let's that's a good segue. Let's let's spill into our episode review for. Uh, I hate that word. The review. This is let's let's talk about our thoughts on episode four uh, of the Mandalorian Sanctuary, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. And again, full full spoilers. If you're hanging around, um, <laughs> we've already spoiled some, so you may as well stick around for the rest. But definitely uh, take note. Spoilers abound here. So um, Disney Plus still continues to be like this weird, amazing experience for me. Like the last two weeks. I've woken up in like the middle of the night and it was like, Ooh, is the episode out? And so it's like three, four in the morning and I'll like look on my phone and it's there. And I'm, I'm like immediately tempted to watch right then and there. Yeah. But I, I put it off all the way till 5am again this week, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's so strange. Like in, in, in any other scenario, I'd be like, cool. I'll watch tonight on the big screen at home with like, I'll watch it by myself first. I'll take it all in and then I'll watch it with the kids and blah, blah, blah. But now, now because I don't want anything spoiled, I'm just, I'm watching it straight up like at 5am before I log into Twitter. It's, it's, it's a weird thing that, that, that I'm being compelled to do here. For me, I was, I, I was in Mexico and uh, Disney plus isn't available in Mexico yet. Even though I have my own login, uh, I wasn't able to, to, to access it. And, um so on friday i was uh on wi-fi and i was looking at um uh, looking at twitter and it's like first thing i see is caradoon and i'm like oh man like if if i was home i would have seen the episode before even checking twitter it, it, it's it was a little frustrating but uh welcome to the plight of the uk viewer yeah well too bad they, they, you know, that's they chose to live there by oh, my fault Jesus. but uh <laughs> um no no obviously no it sucks but it's just like i i was just um i, I just didn't expect the first thing to see was gina carano's face and i know that she's in the show and she's ha- she has to pop up at some point but you know this is me just being Wah. well the- I don't know if it was ever officially spilled that she was in this episode, but Bryce Dallas, like Bryce Dallas Howard directing episode four was officially announced. And Bryce Dallas Howard at a press event uh, the week that the Mando premiered said she would, she was the one that gets to introduce Cara Dune. So we all knew, I knew, I knew before going to the episode that this is the week we get Cara Dune. Just like I know that episode six is Bill Burr. Yep. He's he's already spoken about that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like the Kurosawa vibes throughout this episode, like this was essentially the sam the, the Seven Samurai, except it totally was so totally was, and some disappointment. There was, I think, there's some disappointment out there because this has been done by Star Wars before in the Clone Wars. Yeah, in the episode Bounty Hunters season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hondo and a bunch of raiders come in. Yep. Uh, also, a bug's life. That is also the the seven samurai. <laughs> when you think about it, that's what bug's life is. Uh, but yeah, I, they've been talking f- forever about how this series is influenced by Kurosawa shows, just like Star Wars was, uh, the Western vibe. Like This episode screamed all that stuff to me. 
But uh, yeah, starting things off on the planet Sorgan, which is, you know, just the type of backwater that the Mando thinks him and uh, Yo-Yo Dini, as he's uh, known around this house, gets to hang out. And I love his line. He goes, uh, nobody's going to find us here, which immediately, like, at 5 a.m. watching this thing still groggy. Oh, that exactly means that someone's going to find them there. Of course. <laughs> I, I, I love that line. He's like, well, this planet's taken. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but you, you definitely notice, like, right away, the Mando's attachment to this little baby is growing, like, by the minute. Like, he's, he's, and he gets referenced as, like, the, your son. Which, yeah, it's that crazy. Was like, deep. Your boy. Yeah, you're, you're, you and your boy will be very happy here. It's like, could it be any more on the nose? Like, this guy, he, like, there's, it's seen as, like, a father-son now. One thing I will say about the, the whole Omera-Mandalorian relationship, I get it, but it was just so rushed. I get that there's only so many minutes in an episode. And it was done perfectly when you look at it from that regard. But man, for him, for her to be at the end, like almost taking his helmet off, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, lady. don't forget he's been there for weeks, right? True. He's been, he's right. been there for several weeks at that point. But yeah, I, I like that, what that opening. Pops it off, he's a total uggo, you know what I mean? She'd be like, oh, Ooh. just put it back on. <laughs> Let's you just put this thing go. right back on your head. There you go. She's, she's taking a big leap of faith there. It's what's inside like, that when counts, Corey. was the last Corey. time you took that off? <laughs> but yeah, like that opening scene in the cockpit, like last week or in episode, in episode one or two or three, he would have picked up the kid and dropped him back in the crib. But this week he picks him up and puts him in his lap. Yeah, it was so good. I was laughing, man. Me and my kid were laughing just watching that. Don't touch that. And he just like looks at him. Did oh, you see Did you that. see the uh, the video that was going viral? around social media now it's it's that scene where the kid presses the button and something happens on the ship and then he pre- turns it off and presses another button something else happens now it's been remixed with christmas music so every time he presses the button some famous christmas song comes on and he, he turns it off and then he presses another button another christmas song comes on it's super cute yeah, that baby is oh my god yeah that baby yeah something else um. Hey, how, how did you think of that Lothcat shout? So good. Me and my kid, right away, we like kind of like grabbed each other's hands, man. Even my girlfriend, like now she's watching Rebels, right? So we're like almost on season one. So they they've 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 been there, and I kind of looked at her, and she's like, "Yeah, I saw it." I was like, "Yes." It's like, yeah, perfect. Yeah, Love pretty it. cool. Um. Yeah, I guess that that's the point where we get introduced to Cara Dune. Which I thought, like, the Mando picked up on her right away. Yeah, I love it. Like, right away. Like, what's her story? I thought, well, geez, can you sit down for a minute? Like, there's lots of people in the bar. Why did you single her out? I wonder what it was about her that drew his attention. Anyway, like, they have that, that they, then they have that scrap outside, which which ends kind of funny with, uh, with Baby Yoda just watching, Eating sipping soup. soup. <laughs> yeah, he's always eating something. I love it. He's like, he's like the the Brad Pitt of the Mandalorian. He's always eating something. Yeah, I, I wonder if like they're putting the answer right in front of us. Like, we're, we're trying to figure out the math on this kid. Well, if he's fifty and Yoda's te- teaching Jedi by a, by a hundred, 
and this one seems like a toddler, what happens? Like maybe this thing just eats so much in the next 50 years that they have an explosion of growth. I don't know. I'm just curious. Where do they come from? Is it a rookery? Is he an egg? Does he look like a tadpole when he comes outside? <laughs> when he comes, you know, like, uh, I, I don't understand the life cycle. Hey, d- did anybody notice that sort of generally speaking, all of the villagers, like the way they're like, they had like that tealish collar, like shoulder collar thing. They're, yeah, it was they're... Like reminiscent of the shrimp. But it also matches Cara Dune. I kind of like that too. But yeah, I definitely thought it was because like their culture with the shrimp, you know. For sure, like that's. You know, I watch it with my wife, and she's like, "Yeah, it's because of you know the the blue krill that they shrimp or that they farm." I was like, "Yeah, but it seems really, it's it's almost like a careless coincidence kind of thing where it's like they wear the same color and it's in the same shape. Like, it makes me want to question Kara's backstory a bit more. Or when that waitress said that she'd been there for a week. Like, is that BS? Like, has she been there for years? And it's like, Cara Dune is sort of like... Maybe she went to the Rebellion and came back. I, I don't know. Or, left, or she maybe she was, like, physically... Maybe she was, like, physically in the bar for the last week. Just <laughs> <laughs> getting smashed. Yeah. It, it Yeah, it just made me quite... Like, because it was so... It doesn't make... Well, I, I mean, it's pretty abundantly clear, like, to me that she was just... Uh, what was it a rebel shock trooper? Yeah, like yeah, they give us that whole exposition about you know, her backstory, a mop up duty on Endor, and then you know, being sent in with no support, and then dealing with pol- politicians and blah blah blah. And like again, even at watching it at five a.m. when she's given that sort of like exposition on backstory on her life, all I hear was, "Well, there's a synopsis for a Cara Dune spinoff comic." Like that's oh, all I heard. Yeah. We're gonna at some point that I guarantee there will be Cara Dune number one, and it's gonna be some of those mop up missions for sure. That is coming. Let me tell you, man. I am super happy that I have my beautiful Cara Dune Black series. Oh yeah, she's easy to find. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> she's not hard to find at all. But yeah, like that—that's happening, right? Like. I would say even like a Cara Dune video game could come based on that. But she's like, she, she's pretty damn cool. Um, yeah, that, that fight scene, I have to give her props too, man. Like, you know, I heard, again, I don't see much of this stuff on my timeline, but I do see people posting some of their encounters and experiences and whatnot. And people getting peeved that she's in this show, able to like go toe to toe with Amanda. Like they can just, I don't know, just, man. Like, just mute block she, whatever scene, like she made that scene believable like that wasn't a crap fight scene like it flowed like there was energy good, in that fight the choreography scene. was awesome like yeah man and she was I, dude she, she was moving like it looked good yeah it was it was it's 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 seamless to me it's absolutely seamless but like next is like the I guess the only part of the episode right that I didn't quite like when the two villagers kind of go out to uh, try and entice the Mando into working for them to protect them. And he, yeah, no, sorry, you don't have enough money. And then they like, they walk off pouting. No, we have to go back home empty handed. Took us all night to get here. No protection. Boo hoo. Like. It's just moving the story <laughs> along quickly. I, I know. It's just like nobody would nobody would whine like, out loud like that. 
But that like that is the only minor gripe I I really have of the episode. I know an ex girlfriend would whine like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> Let's not touch that one. Uh, we got we get more Mando. So it, again, like exposition on the Mando, and I, I know Star Wars fans like their backstory stuff, but. We we this is where we learn that he's not removed. He's at he's at the village now. He's talking to Omera. We learn that he hasn't removed his helmet in front of others since he was a kid, and that's where we you know we talked about this a few minutes ago about he's probably not a native native Mandalorian, but uh, he 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 did remove his helmet, but we don't get to see, and I don't I I don't know why like what I don't know what the purpose is of just not letting us see him because I don't get the sense that he's somebody we know. So I don't know. Is it just we're not meant to? So that's that's that, or is there a bigger reason to it? I don't know. No, I think but. it's 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 to it's to build up the anticipation for the reveal. I think that's all it is. I guess so. I guess they want that reveal to be its own thing, right? Or I don't know if you've you've watched Narcos. Like if you saw his mustache, he's probably still trying to grow it out properly. Oh yeah, he still he still has his mustache. He has that little rat duster. <laughs> yeah. They probably want to make him look a little cooler, you know? So they're like, uh, they're throwing on some four hymns. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So that thing gets fuller. We need, Bill Burr needs to give us some of his money. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. He needs to give us some of his ad revenue. We're, do, we're doing all the heavy lifting here. <laughs> and if you're looking for somebody uh, to do some heavy lifting, you can go to Zip Recruiter. <laughs> Oh boy. Mail out your CVs using stamps.com. And he's an idiot. If he can figure it out, so can you. Yeah. And then you're going to be life on easy street and you could lounge around at home and you're me on these lounge pants. Boop, boop, boop. All right. So then uh, we get back to, to the training, the villager scene, which plays out almost exactly like the way it does in that episode of bounty hunters from the clone wars and again the the dude bros got super mad because omera knows how to shoot a gun dude bros furious about that and uh, hopefully they die mad about it too it's like y'all don't know y'all don't know (laughs) and who cares there's how about that who cares yeah exactly Like, like she definitely has a backstory you know Stephen Maybe King we'll... wrote it about Beverly Marsh. She was the only one who could actually uh, use the slingshot properly in a group full of boys. She was the only one who was a crack shot with the slingshot. Is anybody uh, trying to cancel Stephen King? Huh? Give it time. But also, oh, like it's, that's a Western trope, right? The widow who knows how to shoot. Yeah. Look, she's she definitely has a backstory, you douches. <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah, that stuff's just like, come on, get over it, man. Like this series has been absolutely pretty much perfect to this point. Uh, infiltrating the Raiders hideout. And like, the, you know, this, this kind of, this whole show is as, as great as it is. It's kind of been like a video game with, with infiltrations and these fetch quests and shootouts. But like this scene in particular, once they blew up that hut, the, the, the shot of the Walker rising up with the red eyes 
How cool was that? Dude, that was crazy. Right away, my son, my seven-year-old boy kind of was just like, like, daddy, like, why does the walker have red eyes? Like, he was scared. He was feeling it. You know, it was imposing, intimidating. Yeah, it was, it was it, it, almost like it something out of a horror movie. Something like a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, was, that was super rad. And like, I, I, I thought that seeing the ATST walking through Jeddah was as good as it was going to get. But the way that one ATST, and we, you know, again, I just watched Return of the Jedi. There's multiple ATSTs, and they're kind of just there. Like, just this one, and, and the way they had it like approach the tree line, where you see the tree shaking, and then you see it emerge from the tree line. Like that is so. That is the coolest ATST bit I've ever seen. Yeah, very Jurassic Park. And, and I, that whole assault on the village was pretty cool. And then, like, in the aftermath of that, uh, that's that's where we learn what happens if the Mando takes his helmet off in front of other people that he can't ever put it back on. And again, even watching this, now it's close to 6 a.m. I thought, well, at, at the end of this series, whenever it is, that helmet's coming off. Yeah, big time. It's going to come off, whether whether he decides to go settle down with Omera or whatever, that helmet is coming off at some point. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Because he's, he's already he's already in trouble. He's already broken the, the Bounty Hunter guild code. He's, he's got a problem. He's got to, he's got to find a way to settle down somewhere. Um, oh, God, how about seeing Baby Yoda in the crosshairs of that Bounty Hunter? Yeah, that was rough. God. Like, you know they're not going to kill him, but just seeing... Just seeing the like the, the his head, and he's just like this little boy, like this baby, and he's completely unaware. And just to see the crosshairs right between his eyes, it was it was jarring. And my daughter was freaking out, like tears down her face. Man, like that was that was pretty intense for something that never actually happened. My kid right away too was like, "They're not gonna kill him, are they?" I was like, "Watch." <laughs> But that's something I had mentioned to you. Like, I've been, again, dying. To sp- There's so many questions I have about this series. And one of the things I had spoken about Kyle on the side is, you know, he'd come over to see the baby and whatnot the first time. And I'm just like, Disney, like, what is going on? Like, we have no word of this this baby Yoda in the uh, sequel trilogy, right? Like, we, we haven't heard anything. We don't know what he's up to or if he's dead. Like, would Disney actually have the Stugats, whatever it is to to kill this baby off. And my answer is straight up no. Like, I am so attached. The fandom is so attached. And like you said, Kyle, as soon as he gets in the crosshairs or whatever it is, it's tension. It's, it's, it's going to make for great sales because everybody loves and is concerned about this baby. And trust me, that baby is in grave peril. And it's going to come again. Like, something bad is gonna happen to baby yoda or yo-yo dini something very bad is coming unfortunately and we're all gonna have to go through that at one point for sure absolutely um yeah i i I can't i can't see them killing this thing yeah they can't I, i to me like the end the end game for this creature is mando brings him home and disappears and nobody gets to like nobody finds out like I think we'll find out at some point like he comes from an unknown place and the Mando will figure out where that place is, drop him off there and disappear. 
And Yo Yo Dini, cool. stay safe. That's kind of how I see it. But somebody had tweeted, uh, I think it was Eckhart's Ladder on Twitter, said that Kylo Ren's going to have a lot less fans when we find out that <laughs> Baby Yoda is a student at Luke's Academy. Was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, so, but you know, I again, one of those things where you don't do this, Star Wars fans, but I thought, what a stupid bounty hunter. Like, why don't you just shoot the Mando first and then deal with the kid? There's no one to push back after that. But, you know, that, again, that's... Wait, one that, get the kid out of the way and then just deal with it. Because reasons. Yeah, because reasons, right? Like, and it, Star armor reasons. Hey, you know, you shoot him right at the base of the neck. It's unprotected there. Uh-huh. <laughs> You don't know. You don't know what he's wearing under there. Well, at the very least, if you took a rifle shot like that to the back of the head, I don't think you just shrug that off and get back up and dust yourself off. Like, that hurts. But I was, yeah, that's what I would say. Like, take care of the Mando first, and then you, there's no resistance in taking care of the kid. At least that's if you were a bounty hunter, that's what you might think. But yeah, thank God for Cara Dune. Buries a shot in his back. Good save. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the end of the episode. They go back on the run. They can't stick around. And there was a, that was a pretty good scene with the Mando and Omera, where he thinks he's going to leave him there until the bounty hunter shows up. Like that was, I thought that was a really great scene because you you could feel uh, the Mando, yeah, the the pull. Like you could tell he's he's sorry to leave the kid behind. Not only sorry to leave the kid behind, but his own life as well. Like, you see that he was contemplating, you know, giving it up to sip Spachka for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the things I'm digging about this show is that they've given the Mando more personality than I thought they would. Like, I thought he'd be of very few words, and he'd just be like, like this a, very... A lot more stoic. Yeah, like, I, I thought he was going to be like this stone cold unfeeling self insert for for being a badass where fans could just imagine themselves as being this super warrior but there's there's dimensions and layers to this character that keep coming out and yeah, but that's it you see it coming to the fore now because of baby yoda like he's still coming out of his shell it's not like he was really like that prior i don't think like when the girl comes to ask him can i feed him he's like sure can i play with him sure you know, like he's and, still yeah, and then he very, won't let him out of out of his sight. Yeah, and he has to let his guard down a bit. Where the you know, Amaro's like, he'll be fine. Like, relax. Yeah, definitely some attachment issues there. Uh yeah. So I mean, we're halfway through the series, which is crazy to think about. We're four episodes deep, Carlos. How are you feeling about this series so far? If you had to grade it in a in a very brief paragraph. Um, the Mandalorian is the Star Wars you never knew you wanted until you saw it, and you'll be looking forward to the next season for sure. Well, Corey, what would you say? I have to say, I'm absolutely digging it, man. Like, they are hitting pretty much like every chord, man. Uh, the addition of Baby Yoda makes things, the gravitas is so much more there. You know what I mean? Like, it really puts brings things up to a new level. Like, we had heard rumors, okay, the Mandalorian is 
giving sanctuary to a child. He's he's gonna not be able to follow through on a bounty and a child, a child, a child. Now we know who this child is. It's like, oh my god, like the the game's just been up so much, and like each episode has just been so good. I mean, and just ending in the last one, this was my son's favorite of the four so far. We've watched them all multiple times, like I said. And he was like, I really, really, really like that one, you know, and like you said, Kyle, like it's just playing so well off of like classic storytelling and the uh, uh, Kira Kurosawa, like stuff like that. Like it's so Western. It's so spaghetti Western. It's classic storytelling. It's it's really been kind of stereotypical in a, a bit in that regard. But I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And in such a short period of time, it's given fandom two of the most amazing quotes I've almost ever heard from Star Wars that are just being spoken over and over again. I have spoken. I have spoken and this is the way. Like, dude, and Suga, come on. Like, to get that extra bit on the Jawas was just so perfect the way that they were uh, conceived. Like, just so weird and... I don't know. I loved it. I love this show. I think it's just really uh, a gift. Yeah, I, I I agree with you both. Like this has been such a fabulous show so far. Like people get into the business of ranking episodes. I don't. Like they're all just they're all right. They're all there. Like I love every single one of them. Every yeah, single about Nick Nolte. Eh? I mean, come on. Let's not talk about the greatness of the Regal Pigman. <sighs> so good and another Two, thing four, to three, one. too is what you had mentioned earlier about uh, Bryce Howard Kyle saying she gets to introduce Cara Dune to the series you know and that handshake at the end is what solidified me buying the Black Series toy like seeing it in one of the previews but you know till our paths cross again I believe is what they say to one another they're gonna cross again yeah and it's gonna happen Probably fairly quickly. I mean, obviously, there's only four weeks left, so it's going to happen within a month for us. But it could span a year in this in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Next now, episode, he could be, you know, he could have been hiding out for two months. Mm-hmm. Just peacefully chilling. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to play with that very much. Like, we, we already know that they did a several-week time jump. I wonder if they'll do it again. Maybe if they'll make a more substantial time jump. And why not? Firefly did that, you know, you kind of get got the impression that the crew's been there longer than the episodes kind of perceived. Um, Easter eggs. I did not really see any in this episode. Well, the lost cat. Was that an Easter egg though? Like that was right there. Yeah, I guess not an Easter egg. Well, yeah, I kind of consider it an Easter egg. Not everybody gets it, right? I'd say maybe 25% of people got that. Nice, yeah, probably, but to me, like an Easter egg is like something off to the side, or like a, a very oblique reference to something. Anyway, not that not that important. But uh, next next week's episode, episode five, the Mandalorian helps a rookie bounty hunter who is in over his head. What are you guys thinking? What's that movie? Uh, was it Unforgiven? Where it's that the the young kid who kind of gets um, uh, Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman out uh, to, to track to track someone down. And he tries to make it seem as if he's actually killed a man, but he never has until... I think I feel like there's like that Unforgiven vibe. 
that that I that I I think of when I hear um that synopsis of the next episode. So yeah, maybe he's in over his head, like and he's either has the fob for uh Yo Yodini or he has a fob for the Mandalorian. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Like I think that's where it's gonna go. Or it could be like a completely different thing where the Mandalorian sees this not potential, but the good heartedness in this eager rookie Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Like I don't see him at just helping anyone. And I definitely don't necessarily see him helping something that someone that's helping him. Or maybe maybe he does. Like you said, he has that uh, the tracking beacon and sees what he's actually searching for. And then if the Mando is actually able to explain things to him a bit, like says this is not the way. Yeah, I, I just I can't but help it, but think that there's going to be like some like the rookie bounty hunter is either at the beginning or the end of the episode is going to try and take out the Mando and capture the bounty. Either it's like a, a like a he's a he's a bad guy on on the hunt who then turns air quotes good or he starts good realizes who's standing in front of him then tries to take the Mando out. That's a good call and that again just plays so well into what this show was trying to be it's so west it's so like uh, i feel like there's a movie out there that kind of does this i definitely know there's a lot of western tv shows and stuff that did this like firefly did an episode like this uh yeah it makes perfect sense it falls right in line with what we're doing here it's it's i wouldn't say it's necessarily a a relevant episode. It's maybe one of the fluff episodes of the eight, but it's definitely going to be interesting for sure. They've all been interesting so far. Uh, okay. That is all um, next week. Wait a minute. Is, is Bill Burr the rookie bounty hunter? No, episode six. Bill Burr. Oh, I think and, I said unless Bill Burr is wrong. <laughs> unless Bill Burr is wrong, which we cannot oh, well. rule out. <laughs> yeah, we can't rule that out. <laughs> um yeah that's that's kind of it next next week though we're done with the the mando for now Uh, we'll pick it up again next week but next week what i want to do is our episode nine crawls and i want to get you guys out there involved if you think you've got it in you to write your own crawl for the rise of skywalker email them to me at tumblingsaber at gmail.com we will read them on the show as many depends on how many we get We'll read as many as we can, uh, but give it a shot. Um, the you know the only things I can give to you as pointers is that they average between like seventy five and ninety words. Go with that three paragraphs, three ninety paragraphs. words, yeah. and and run with it. And send them to us. We'll write, read them on the show, and we'll we'll see where it goes. If if you are spoiled on Rise of Skywalker, kindly don't. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> Uh, and that's it. So yeah, episode, this episode's in the books. Um, if you want to help us out, you can share this episode with your friends. Leave us a review. Love reading reviews on the pod. Uh, and again, become a powerful friend on Patreon, which you can find more about at patreon.com slash tumbling saber. And also check out our good friend, Rob Wade, who endorses this episode of the tumbling saber and all episodes as part of the E14 endorsed program, which you can learn more about at emotionally14.com. And be sure to check out our friends, our podcasting brethren at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Uh, Our home base is at StarWarsCommonwealth.com. 
And you can find us on Twitter, SW Commonwealth. And again, as a podcast provider on Apple Podcasts. So that's it, guys. Uh, with all that being said, Carlos, where can we find you on social media? You can find me everywhere, but I'm uh, going to um, <laughs> try to promote uh, a new Twitter handle at the funny Carlos. And that's for Twitter and Instagram at the funny Carlos. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more star Wars and, and funny stuff on, on those accounts, as opposed to the music one and uh, stay tuned for a relaunched uh Carlos Creates campaign on Patreon. Cool. Corey, where do we find you? I don't know. Car- Carlos threw me off there with the whole uh, no CNC music factory thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, all right. But yeah. Uh, I, anyway, I just want to say again, I was super happy to get on back on the on the mic with you guys. And Anyway, everybody can hit me up at Chop Rules with the Z on Twitter. And, uh, you know, as Kyle would always say, join us in our closed Facebook group where it's safe and cozy and all things star wars super busy these days as you might imagine and it will be that way again this week because uh what's his face the bresnikan the brez he is going to be hard at work giving us more content to chew on for rise of skywalker uh with vanity fair so lots to talk about there this coming week more tv spots are coming another episode of mando we'll cover all that next week and again like we said your rise of skywalker crawls expect at least one of you to participate in this at least one don't let me down <laughs> oh, okay and i'm at uh, tumbling saber on twitter uh on instagram and again in the the closed tumbling saber facebook group come check us out there and that's going to do everybody hope you enjoyed this episode uh have yourselves a great week and we'll talk to you again soon may the force be with you Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams fall away Signs blindly to the lines on your face Beating strong Drifting, not relive this dream over and over and over again. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. Don't believe it. breathing if only to see you next to me sleeping soundly smiling not really this dream over and over
that you gave Those walls you build is all for me And I become the man I want to be your love and your own Running away, darling Please don't